He's back. He is back in town. Welcome back to another episode of Two Woods Four Quarters, a Harlequins podcast. My name's Michael and Will. I'm sat back with you after your one week hiatus. How was your holiday, mate? Yeah, really, really good. Thank you, mate. I'm buzzing to be back. It's good to be back on home soil. I've had a really long and, and quite dull journey back. Um, but I'm not going to try and pay the sympathy card because I'm not going to get any sympathy from anybody listening to this having just come back with lovely bronze skin. But Yeah, um, you look a bit, you look like you've got a bit of colour in you. Uh, I've got a bit of colour, mate. Sticks, got a bit yeah. of That's what happens in the Caribbean. But anyway, I'll hand the mic back to you so people can listen to, to what they actually come here for, which is a bit of rugby, a bit of quins, and two bonus point wins for the second weekend in a row. So I'll hand back to you, mate. Yeah, a few things to talk about. Um, not actually loads of news come out of the rugby sort of Quinn scene this week we've got not loads and loads of stuff to sort of talk about aside from the rugby um we'd be remiss to not go and talk about the England stuff obviously England 23 Wales 19 obviously you didn't watch much of the game have you ended up catching any of the highlights any thoughts on how England played and how the game panned out I didn't watch loads of it I was a couple of beers deep so I was in a sort of big busy clubhouse trying to sort of listen to the commentary as it was going on so <laughs> Sounds like the first game you tried to watch at Allianz Park or Stone. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, no, I didn't actually get to watch any of it. So I left at one in the afternoon on Saturday to get my transfer to the airport. So I was following it on BBC Sport live reporting, which is never the best. Um, and we were really lucky, actually, to get a taxi that had Wi-Fi. Otherwise, we would have had no chance of following it at all until we landed near 20 hours later. So it was good to be able to follow it. And I think our Wi-Fi cut out five minutes before the end when we were 23-12 up, I think it was. Yeah. So it felt like we'd, we'd done the job there. But good to see our Quinns does get all the points. I've seen various different man of the matches given, one to Dommers, one to Marcus Smith. Um, so good that both of our lads have shown up there. Marler obviously off the bench, March off the bench. Haven't managed to watch any of it, but it looks like we, we made a good account of ourselves. Yeah, a little bit of my interest that sort of came out of it was the whole Manly situation. And I say this quite a lot. Mm. We try and not talk loads about England because I think the the narrative around England rugby and the way that everyone's got this, you know, quote unquote Eddie thinking, all that sort of stuff. I sort of lose interest in some of the uh, some of the storylines through that. But obviously, you know, Manu out, big loss. You just can't bank on them being fit. Don't know what happens at training, whether sale spend Hours and hours and hours. It's got to be England, right? It's no, got to be England. But I mean, how how I don't understand how a training session can be that <laughs> a training camp can be that that brutal for somebody. I mean, obviously, other lads are all pulling for True. it. He's well. done a lot of training sessions in his career, though, Manny. I know. I just I don't know. There's obviously something going on. Um, mm. Maybe it's just. But he was also absolutely enormous, and his muscles are just screaming yeah. at him with every movement he makes. Stop! Stop! Maybe it do- stop making the, um, me run doesn't like the London training sort of smooth air. He's too used to the sort of cold, infested, snotty, no snotty air from up north. Don't know. But yeah, look, Joe getting back in there. Nice to see him back in the squad. All four of our boys in there. I've actually seen a couple of things on Twitter. I think Rugby Inside Line picked their team for next week and they included Luke Northorn at 13. Yeah, I don't know if they've got full visibility of injuries, but I don't think he's fit. So no, that, that was a bit of an odd one. Um, but, also, yeah. it's the game isn't next week anyway. It's another bye week now, which I just find bizarre because we've just had one. It's like yeah. stop dragging out the Six Nations. We need these lads back. We need to go on yeah, another true, title yeah. charge. So they don't need a rest yet. Maybe Manu will be fit again by in two weeks. <laughs> <somewhere, but who laughs> well, people aren't ruling him out, are they? So, but I, I feel for March because he's 
similar to Lewis Leitner as well. He's in, then he's out. He's not really sure where he stands in the team. He doesn't really know where he plays. Sometimes he's at 13, sometimes he's on the wing, um, and sometimes he's just not in the squad at all. And then he gets late call-up. It's it's quite tricky on him, and it must be quite tough psychologically, but he's, uh, he's a good lad, is Joe March, and, and he'll keep showing up every week. And um, as you chatted with Joe Brazier earlier in the week, he said that we've not really seen the best of Marchant in England shirt yet. He hasn't put his best hand up. So it would be good to see him get a little bit more of a run. Um, and actually, we'll probably get into it later on, but so much talk about our lads at Worcester this weekend and Archie White playing yeah. well and um, Luke Wallace was playing well last week. And it's funny how all of a sudden players get a run of games, people who we'd written off, yeah. And now starting to play well. It's just, that's how sport works. You need minutes to be able to compete. And and they're really starting to show up now. And I think it'll be the same with March at England. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, we'll obviously touch on it later on in the um, in the episode. But yeah, just having guys actually playing rugby and playing extended minutes actually brings out brings out your best form. And, you know, it's difficult to expect guys playing 40 minutes every sort of month or so to really shine. But we'll touch on that a little bit later on. Um, a couple of things that we need to talk about, sort of in-house stuff. Um, one of the things that happened this week was that it was confirmed that Paul Aziki is going to be leaving us mm. at the end of Six Nations time. Um, re-signed with the Utah Warriors, going back to spend some time with his family in the States, which is understandable. I think the thing that struck me about this, um, and I think you mentioned it as well during the week, when you see all the sort of social media posts come out about how guys are reacting to the news of him yeah. leaving, and obviously it would have been announced, the overriding sort of sense was that, although, yes, a brilliant rugby player, um, he looked or seems to be really, really, really well liked within the group, and everyone's talking about what an, amazing, what an amazing guy he is and how he was off the pitch and thank you for everything you've done, all this sort of stuff. So yeah, that was that was quite touching. What were your thoughts on him? Yeah, that was quite a testament, wasn't it? I think when you see the wider squad come out all with tributes after a player announces his departure, it it's quite telling. And we haven't seen too much of Paulie, the human wrecking ball. We've seen seen him in moments and he's been great at certain times I remember his game against Saracens a big game he was just a handful um and again you had a chat with Joe Brazier earlier in the week and and he was talking about how he almost filled that void between Jamie Roberts and where we are now with Andre so he was that that big ball carrying 12 for a moment in time where perhaps we weren't our best but he was he was a real asset in our, our arsenal so I wouldn't put him in the the Harlequins legend bracket not by any stretch, but no. I think there are certain types of players within the club that, that almost fit the bill of legend of the dressing room. Yeah, he, he definitely seems to have fit that bill where he was so well respected. A lot of people saying that he was just such a brilliant human being, which is obviously part of the culture that we want to create. So sad to see him go. Hell of a set of pipes on him as well. I'm not talking <laughs> yeah. about his arms, I'm talk- talking about the vocals. Good content coming out of him during lockdown, wasn't he? In his guitar. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I liked him. He seemed like a great guy. He was, he was a great impact player for us. He was important at times. And he's going back home. And he's going to play for Utah, where we've also got an ex-quin, Niall Saunders, playing at scrum half. So um, that league's starting to fill up with a few ex-quins. We've Rob, Rob at San Diego as well. So all the best to him. He'll, he'll be missed, and um, I hope he, he achieves everything he wants to achieve in his rugby career. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, Tough to see people move on, but look, it's nature of the beast, isn't it? Um, next thing that came out of the week, and obviously we had our big um, triplet of coaches re-signed last week, sort of the main coaching body. Um, we had some more coaches re-signed this week. I don't know what sort of respects, whether they're on these big, long, open-ended contracts again, but 
Chim Gale, head of the academy. Uh, Gareth Tong, head of athletic performance. And then one that actually I was quite interested in was Mike Lancaster, who is mm. head of medical services. Quite interesting, actually, some of the stuff that's come out from the club's media with him and the gumshield technology and how sort of he was potentially the driving force behind some of the new technology the players are using in their gum shields and that actually led to them changing their training environment yeah um less minutes of training less contact to training um keeping players fresh and keeping players fit and having all that data and science behind the collisions and stuff coming through the gum shield so that's actually quite interesting um i'll touch on your thoughts on that in a second but then also we had the under 18s playing today um sunday as we record this and Chim Gale's obviously doing a pretty good job. They seem to have a pretty young, well, pretty good crop of young players. So, yeah, any thoughts on on those two? Yeah, I think the, the 18s always seem to go, well, just look at our academy. In fact, don't even look at our academy, look at our first team. We've got academy lads littered all over the park. We're actually losing one who I thought was exceptional at the weekend, Hugh Tizard. So, yeah, I think there's good promise there. And, in fact, you can even look to the under-20s team as well with with. Will Hobson and Finn Baxter are two young props leading the charge for England with Jamie Benson pulling the strings at 10 and then Dynamite on the wing, Cassius Cleves, the coolest name in rugby. Yeah. He's he's going to get some first team action in the Prem Cup, I hope, because he looks wicked, doesn't he? So yeah, our, our youth setup is brilliant and it will continue to grow. We've got some good people in that space. Um, I know Charlie Mulcrone in particular as well is, has got a really crucial role in nurturing younger talent coming through to the first team setup. So he, he's got an involvement in that space as well. This seems to be a really good, clear pathway that presents plenty of opportunities. And then the medical services team, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come at you with an analogy or an example. Oh, yeah. um, Trailblazer feels a little bit dramatic, but I guess that's kind of what it is. They've reshaped rugby a little bit last season in terms of their approach to the game. And it reminds me of Moneyball. Yeah, a little bit. It's in the money, film Moneyball. Great, great film. Yeah, what a film. Data, insights and analysis, which dictates the sporting strategy and operational brilliance, which is effectively what happened last year where based on insights of, of training, of impacts. They, they adjusted the training schedule and strategy, different rugby operations. And then off the back of it, you get really fit players, really skillful players who, who have extra minutes in their tank compared to other clubs. Look at Bristol as an example. Look at Exeter the week after as an example of that. And it goes and wins us the league. So Trailblazer feels a little bit dramatic, but I don't think it's too far from that. No, it's... Um... As a bit of a sort of sports science nerd myself, I really like those mm. sort of things and those little things that you do that give you small, small advantages is what you need at the top in the sport. Um, it sounds like England need it, really. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll get <laughs> Manu in particular. Maybe I say we'll get Manu fitted with the gum shield. But <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's cool. And I, I really like those little storylines. And obviously means that there's, there's plenty going on in the club that is mainly to do with just keeping people fit keeping people healthy, keeping people out there. Obviously, we've had our injury issues this year, so hopefully um, we'll get some numbers behind that and sort of see, you know, maybe why that is. And then obviously we, we get people back in a good physical space because we've got the data to back it up. So, no, I really like all that kind of stuff. Um, and we hopefully will see a bit more of that and see the fruits of its labour being born. Um, next thing on the agenda is another bonus point win for the women's side. Ooh. Um, 48-5 on the road up at Darlington. 
said it last week a little bit unkind but it's a a bloody long way some quite good um, content on social about on them obviously on the buses up and stopping at motorways and I saw something on Sean Brown's Instagram filling a subway with loads and loads of pickles and it looked horrible (laughs) I love that that's my kind of subway tune them out with pickles no wrong lettuce gherkins yeah the lot no really wrong completely wrong Um, but no they've obviously had another big win Uh, I said with Dave on the pod last week it's difficult to well, he actually made a good point. He said if Gerard Mullen was going to have a chance to rest, you know, a bit of a nasty term, and rest players and give people a chance to have a week off, maybe this is a fixture you do it with. You know, yeah, no, definitely. Dis- no disrespect to the MP, but, you know, they're down the bottom for a reason. Um, but we're still just picking from players that are available. So although we did rest a few people in terms of minutes, so people like Shauna and Rachel Burford actually came off the bench, um, we actually still got another really good win, another really positive win. Sarah Beckett with the armband. Captain yeah, just, just on that as well, mate. I don't think it's just about getting the win. I think by by default and by having to play the same team week in week out now, we're getting a little bit of uh, getting a little bit of motivation. There's a few partnerships starting to develop, but also we're developing leaders. I look at the team that won the league for us last year. You had the likes of Rachel Burford leading the charge. You had. Vicky Cornborough on the pitch. You had Abby Ward and Leanne Riley who have now gone to Bristol. Actually, we've got a bit of a job to do in, in developing some new leaders in our team to, to take us back to back. And I just look at the likes of Sarah Beckett who captained the side this week, scored a try. She's really developing into a, a proper leader for our side, playing out of position in the second row. Next to another leader who's recently come in this season named Rosie Gallagher, who looks like she steps up and, and really drives the team with her performances on the pitch. But I feel like she's quite vocal off the pitch as well, which is great. So I feel like these last few weeks and probably our injury crisis has helped nurture a few more leaders and maybe mm. fast track their development more than it would have done otherwise. So I think it's a good thing that, that we're putting out similar teams and, and maybe not being able to rest people for the MPs has turned out quite well. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And having that consistency in selection obviously just means that people are getting more minutes, more fluidity, um, some partnerships develop and, you know, gives people the chance to play. You know, when we're at full full whack with, you know, a, a, a squad littered with internationals, it's difficult not to pick them every week. So having people that are actually going to come in and play some minutes, especially on the road, and it's a tough place to go and you learn a bit about people and, you know, a good chance for them to spend lots of time together and have bus journeys, all that kind of stuff. And that's one of the things that... I actually love about sport is some of those bus journeys with, with your mates. Some <laughs> of my favorite. Few to forget. Some of my favorite memories on those long away trips. And if you know, yeah, doing some stuff, I, I don't like, disagree with favorite memories, but definitely some to forget. Uh, or at least yeah, not. To, some, at least not I to had, repeat. I had some howlers on the bus for sure, but yeah, yeah. I used to, I used to love the long bus journeys. I do miss it occasionally, but no, it's good. Yeah, and another win, and obviously they've got a mega clash next week down at Bristol, down at Ashton Gate as well. Pretty yeah, they got it. they got two points today, didn't they? Bristol away at Saracens. They didn't win the game, but they got enough to to take two points away from it, which leaves them above us still, I think, in the table in in second and, and us in third. So this is this is a straight shootout because after this, it's it's in our own hands if we get a job done at Bristol. So huge game away at Bristol, and it's not only an away game at Bristol; it's at the, the main stadium, Ashton Gate, which is huge. So if we so can do t- a job there, that is big, isn't it? So, oh, typical, big. so, so typical of Saris, isn't it? We sort of need them to do a job and yeah. turn turn Bristol over. And not only do they not, not only do they go and do that, but then Bristol also nab themselves two points. So it's, that's a bit frustrating. But yeah. yeah, go down there and beat them. And then the game's in our hands, isn't it? So you know, can't ask much more than that. So that'd be good. Um, looking forward to seeing, seeing how that one pans out. And obviously get to play at Aston Gate. Hopefully there are still some 
Harlequins related nightmares down in the West Country uh, <laughs> rear their ugly heads. But we'll, well um, we're, there, we're there with the men's side not too long after. Not too far, yeah, not too far. Oh, so our next game off the Newcastle, isn't it? So hopefully a couple of um, happy weeks down at down at Ashton Gate. We'll have to see how that one pans out. We'll move on to the main event. Obviously Worcester on Friday night. Um, do you know what? I had this chat with a couple of people that watched it. Not a game that was absolutely dripping in quality, but as a contest, it was brilliant, really intense, really tight. Yeah, it sounded proper game of rugby. It sounded really stressful. I was um I was in my hotel room listening to it on BBC Hereford and Worcestershire, which is probably one of the least ex- <laughs> least enjoyable experiences of my my rugby career. Um, there's a little kid in the background shouting, "Come on, Warriors!" <laughs> and I I don't exaggerate. Every ten seconds for the full eighty minutes, to the point where you wondered if it was a sound system just playing it robotically, trying to get a bit of noise in the stadium. It was that repetitive, but. I mean, fair play to him. Little kid shows up and, and shouts his heart out for the full 80. But when you're trying to listen to it on the radio, it was quite painful. <laughs> Combined with a couple of commentators who were just Worcester fans. It was like fan zone from Sky Sports from years gone by. It was, it was quite painful to listen to, but also quite satisfying when we're getting the rub of the green because it sounds like the, the ref maybe did us a few favours. But looking at it from, out, from the outside where I didn't actually get to see any of the action... I tried to follow BT Sport Twitter where they put video highlights up, but you don't get that stream in other locations. So I wasn't able to actually watch them. Video wasn't available in my location, which was a bit frustrating. But we had a couple of tries ruled out. They had a couple of tries ruled out. We had a yellow card. It felt like it was a close enough game and, and perhaps we were the better team. And um, From what I was listening to, it was suggesting that it wasn't like that. But how did you see it? Um... It's one of the actually. It's actually one of the more interesting games of rugby I've watched this year, um, and obviously now you know the Steve Diamond effect's gonna. It's he's gonna turn them into a better side. He's gonna turn them into, into a more competitive outfit. Um, Dave made a good point last week. You know, a, a stronger Warriors is just good for the Premiership. So, you know, they're always gonna they're always gonna be in the game, and they were never out of the game. Even when we actually stretched off a little bit, they still then end up scoring at the end and. Kept us honest throughout the you know, the full eighty. Veilani was pretty powerful. Lots of dynamic carrying off the back of the breakdown and scrum time from him. Um, Did we play into their hands? <sighs> a lot of the stuff I read was that we we were overplaying. We were just throwing one last pass that didn't need to be thrown. We were so, we were playing Quinn's DNA, which and actually this is quite a good point I want to make as well. Marcus and Domers are the the. Harry Kane and, and son of, of Premiership <laughs> Rugby, aren't they? They just assist each other every week. Um, we can't play too Quincy without them around, though. We're just not the same team. We need to be more calculated with our risks. We need to take three and build a score sometimes, particularly when we're away from home. I think we try and play the Quinn's DNA way when we haven't got the players to do it sometimes. And you've got Marcus Smith, Alex Dombrandt, who epitomise how we play, and they're not in the side. We're not the same side. We're still good, don't get me wrong. We're still a very, very good squad, but we can't play to that DNA level of Quinns that we're so accustomed to. We need to adjust a little bit. Did we do that? Did we do that? Yes and no. I think... I mean, we've had this chat a lot, right? There were some phases of play during the game where we'd gone through, you know, 
eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, getting into them sort of mid-teens in terms of how many phases we've been through. And actually, I really, really like it when we do that because we still play with that ball speed and we've got big carriers, you know, and Hugh Tizard and Andre and guys like that. But then the thing that occasionally frustrates me, and I suppose it's sort of part of the, it's the nature of the beast in terms of, you know, us as a rugby side. Sometimes we just go for one extravagant or one over overplay or one slightly ambitious pass or kick or whatever. It's just one too many. And you just sometimes think maybe just need a touch more patience, especially when you're away from home. There were a couple of times in, in that game, we like I said, we went through 14, 15 phases and the ball didn't quite fall to us. There was either a knock-on or something, you know, just something that happened that wasn't us overplaying. But actually you watch the phase of rugby and you think, actually, that was really promising. Plus we're playing in the right areas. We're drawing defenders in. They look tired in defence. And that's where we actually go and exploit the space and do what we do. Yeah. But there were there were then there were a couple of occasions where we didn't we didn't let the the sort of phase develop. We didn't let the that specific, you know, time and possession develop into something. And we just tried to just slightly do too much. There was one with Tyrone Green where he tried to give an offload sort of out the back a little bit too early. Um, Hugh Jones made a big line break. Looks like he's going to pin his ears back and go under the sticks. Gets tackled, but then rather than just setting up a breakdown, having one man over the top and then giving a pass and going to the corner, just tries to offload it off the ground and yeah, doesn't quite hit. We, we don't always need to score from first phase, do we? You just sometimes, yeah. It just felt like sometimes we just tried a little bit too hard just when actually we might have been able to hold on to it for a fraction longer. Yeah, that's the impression I got following it, um, as in following it on the radio, because you, you get all the excitement of something happening, but you can't actually visualise where it is on the pitch until, oh, we've scored. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> like the last yeah. try that we scored for the bonus point, we thought it was Worcester that had scored because yeah. <laughs> there was no reaction at all. It was weird. But um, talk to me about, well, there's two things I want to talk about. It sounds like Hugh Tizard was monumental for us. Oh, just... It just gets better. Mm. It just gets better. And which hurts. Yeah, it does hurt. It really hurts. And you know, with Steph being injured for a while and been playing at six, Dino Lamb obviously having some complications with his rehab. Watching him step up and lead our carries. I think he's 16, 17 carries, something like that yesterday. Yeah. The part the partnership with him and Matt Matt Simmons, I absolutely love. You know, Simmons of the workhorse, the general does all the horrible stuff as well as a few you know overhead basketball passes you know on occasion but what does his injury look like Simo uh, was a little bit worried about it but he came off the pitch under his own steam and didn't go down the tunnel sort of sat on the side didn't like he was getting wrapped up maybe just a stinger yeah he didn't like he was getting wrapped up with those of ice either so I'm not not too concerned I might have misread that but just with Tizard like I just love it I love watching him play and for a young English second rower who has dominated the carry in a side that is, you know, he's got a bit of launch brie about him, hasn't he? Yeah, he does. He, in fact, he's probably the exact kind of second row that England need at the moment. England are I crying mean, out for a launch brie or, or somebody of that ilk to come in and carry hard. And people are calling for Barbary as well, which I don't think is right. But I can see launch brie coming in and, and being that man. And I think Hugh Tizard's in the similar mold to that. Yeah, I just. It's so it's so difficult to watch because obviously you want him to do as well as he possibly can and, and we want to send him off well, but 
it just seems now that since his announcement of leaving, he's almost gone to a different level. He's he almost has, gone up again. He? Yeah. It really, like like a, really has. He really is an international in waiting now, isn't he? Before yeah. he was potential, now he's just an international in waiting. The likes of Ollie Chesham as well, sort of fringe player of the squad. You look at the likes of Northmore, fringe player of the squad, getting a sniff. I think Tizard's banging on that door as hard as he can at the moment. I wouldn't, if any watched on Friday night, I would not be even remotely surprised if during this break and there's another bit of an announcement within the squad whether he's in and around there. Because I yeah. don't really like, I don't really rate Charlie Eels. I think he's a bit of a premiership journeyman, but actually doesn't oh, offer anything. He's the biggest just, fraud in English rugby. It just doesn't offer, it just doesn't, <laughs> offer, it just, it just doesn't offer loads to me. But watch, watching Hugh every single week, I think he's absolutely brilliant. And I was, I was saying, I hope there's a, a Joe Gray named clause in his contract where he goes for three years, does really well, <laughs> and then comes back, comes to, back us. to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, they're a real rare breed as well, aren't they? Really good I English know. second rows at the moment. They're so hard to come by. So he's going to be a huge loss for us. But it felt like him and George Hammond were breaking through at the same time, and and Hugh got his opportunity before Hammond and kept hold of it now it's a good chance to see what George Hammond's about. And actually, he's one of those players similar to Archie White and Luke Wallace, who's had a few more yeah. minutes in recent weeks and actually really impressed me. Same with Matas. So it just goes to show regular game time can can really benefit. And of course it can benefit. And yeah. it helps you build rapports with players on the pitch as well as off the pitch. Minutes in your legs, experience with every minute that goes by. And I'd love to see Hammond get a bit of a run. I don't know if that's something that might happen this week with... Simo potentially taking a, a seat on the bench or even out of the squad, but it looks like we might need to do a little bit of reshuffling. Hopefully, welcome a few back. But I'm, I'm a little bit worried about second row next year. I'm, I'm yeah. a little bit worried. Prem Cup, I think we'll see Hammond for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. Talk to me about fly half. Yeah, there's a bit of a debate we have every week. It's Will Edwards or it's Tommy Allen. I don't think. We usually say there's a Will Edwards game and then there's a yeah. Tommy Allen game. I don't even think it's that anymore. I think every game is a Will Edwards and Tommy Allen game, just at different moments in time. I think those two need to work as a tandem. They they always come as a duo now and they manage yeah. the games in different ways. I look to the likes of Leicester where you've got Ford and Burns as yeah. the two halfbacks and actually that's unbelievable depth to, to control a game when we've got Marcus we don't have that tandem it's just Marcus Fellaiti every week he's great <laughs> yeah. he's mustard he's so good at rugby but now we've actually got two players that can play and dictate play very differently and I think so, with Worcester I think we got it exactly right I think Will Edwards was the right man to start he brought the energy he's a bit more of a threat uh, you need to keep an eye on him as well as Andre we got our points we then got the yellow card Tommy comes on takes three, kills a couple of minutes, steadies the ship, gets us a bit of game management, a bit of territory, manages to to settle a few nerves and settle the pace of the game. That was great. I think that's what they're both really good at doing is they've got their different skills and and we need to play to them at different moments in the game, not for one game in particular. Because I used to think, right, Leicester, Sale, Saris, get Tommy Allen in there, control the yeah. game, territory, possession, blah, blah, blah. It's not like that, is it? Will Edwards can do that as well. Just they've got different abilities at different moments in the game, and you need to have them both ready for every eventuality throughout the eighty minutes. So, I used to look at it, and even not that long ago, you know, two three weeks ago, I thought Tommy starts, plays 55, 60 minutes, and then you try and bring Will Edwards on for that sort of razzle dazzle at the end of the game. 
But actually, it worked out. And obviously, our, our, our hand was somewhat forced in Danny going off with the cards. And then obviously, Tommy slipped in at nine. You know, lots of... But we had to obviously kick a lot in that sort of period of the game to try and keep the ball down that end while we were man down. And obviously, you know, Tommy kicking at, at nine or ten is probably a little bit more adapted at that than Will Edwards is. But mm. I just sort of look at it and it, it worked out really nicely. And now, you know, we can probably be quite horses for courses with those two in terms of who we fancy starting and who comes off the bench and I think they both do things well at different times but I was really pleased pleased with the way that Tommy performed because obviously when we signed him he was you know the, the big backup to Marcus 60 cap international yeah a little bit different and then he's not had the most amazing year struggled a little bit with injury and then you know Will started at big game did brilliantly Played really well at Wasp last week, and I thought it was the right call in starting him again this week. But then obviously Tommy came on and just did everything that we expected him to do: controlled the game, kicked nicely, kicked for territory really nicely. <laughs> like a couple of his, a couple of his touch finds were excellent, and it just it just worked out really well in the end. And actually now, from what was a little bit of a concern towards the start of the year from Marcus, and then the drop off, I haven't really got loads of concern in that department now. No, not at all. I think it's quite funny. We can almost epitomise our two approaches to the game with those two players. Yeah. You've got Quinn's DNA, kick to the corner, try, 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 Will Edwards. Or you've got take the three, control the game, build a score, Tommy Allen. Yeah. And like I've been saying, you don't need to commit to one of those for a full 80. You can play both styles of play within an 80-minute period. And having them both in that match day 23 is brilliant for that. And it could yeah. be really important for the next few weeks without Marcus. I just, I just really like watching both of them play, and I'm a big Will Edwards fan. Talk to me about his assists, by the way. Yeah, weird, weird, so weird. So the trials. pass and the kick. There was two well, really the, good ones. Well, there was there was an advantage, wasn't there, for Tyrone Green's tries? He sort of hit this left foot off balance kick, and then Tyrone's done a a Dimitar Berbatov with a sort of the, the delicate left mm. foot touch, and then sort of gathers control of the game. Spice. But yeah, he was actually really good yesterday, Ty. It was probably his best game for, uh, I would say, about a month, actually. He was back to his, back to his best last night, I thought. That's uh, reassuring to hear. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. I thought it was Hugh Jones' best game in a Quinn shirt. Although he's oh, really? A, he's been building and building as well. Again, it's that momentum piece where he gets minutes under his belt every week. He actually starts to, to realise his piece in the puzzle and, and starts to slot in much better. He looked... So much more aggressive and powerful and dynamic yesterday with ball in hand. A couple of times, he he's a dynamic ball carrier, but yesterday he just seemed to have, he just seemed to pick a gap better. I don't know whether that's just on the night or whether it was something that you it just comes with a bit more game time. But he was he was excellent last night. I thought picked some. Here's a question nicely. for you on on Hugh Jones then, because I think he's on a one year deal. Yeah. Do, do you retain him? Oof. I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, that's really tough. Because um, he's so good, but we've already got two 13s. I don't think so. Not be- probably because it will block it will block the likes of Northmore's game time, I think. Maybe Joe will spend more time on the wing. I think he's he'd be amazing in these sort of times during all internationals, potentially during Six Nations time. But obviously, you know, you can't keep a player on just for that. And I think he'll probably leave at the end of the year. And then I'd like to see the Jones minutes that he's probably getting now and during this time of the year be given to somebody like a Lennox. Or an Oscar um, Beard. 
or an Oscar beard at 13. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And that's not me, you know, bagging Hugh Jones. I really like you, and he's he's been brilliant. He's also a devilishly handsome chap. Um, <laughs> great pins. Yeah, really great pins. But I don't, I, don't, I don't think he'll be with us, but, you know, the time we've got him, I think, especially in the last couple of weeks, I think he's really starting to find some form, which is pleasing. And another guy that I was really, really delighted for yesterday was Archie White. I think he's just starting to put together some time and, you know, making that number eight shirt in the absence of guys that have been injured and obviously Alex Dombrandt. He's really, really come on in the last couple of weeks. And I think it's the same with Luke Wallace. They were just starting to hit a little run of form where they're getting some game time. Yeah. And we had a chat with him about, well, we had a chat between us about him at the start of the year. And you look at the the stable of back rowers and obviously we're missing, you know, Webb, missing Kenners, Lorde was back this week. Chisholm's Dommers. been out for a while. Dommers, Taulani. Yeah. Um, Dina Lamb will go through at six at times. Um, yeah. You know, there's 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 plenty in there. Archie was probably one of the guys that's been on the back burner and has struggled for game time and not been around the squads. But then in the last month, been playing really well. And I think it was his, his best performance since he's come back into the side on Friday night. That's good to hear. He, he, yeah. he looks like he's a little bit bigger than he used to be. I don't know if he's, because he's more involved with the squad now, they've thought, right, let's get him in the gym a bit and beef him up because traditionally against other back rows, he tends to be lighter. But it's good to see he's beefing up a bit and having an impact. Luke Wallace as well, back to his yeah. old best. Um, I think he put out on his Instagram, he was just a minor wrist injury and he's expecting to be back this week, which is good because I don't think we can underestimate how important he's going to be for us. As a no. third choice seven, it doesn't sound particularly... Yeah, it's not glamorous, um, is it? Yeah, it's not very glamorous. It's, it's not the most... It's not the nicest place to be as a rugby player, to be third choice, but actually his role in our squad is is massive and looking at the state of play where we're at, he could play a lot of rugby over the next three, four months. A lot of rugby when you think about Champions Cup as well. So yeah. he's going to be important. It's great to see him playing well and potentially man of the match last week. Archie White, potentially man of the match this week. Lots of lads stepping up. It's it's really good to see. And I think there's almost a case if there was a few lads playing for their Harlequins career because we've got so much depth in the back row. And obviously we've got loads of injuries. It's providing opportunities and people are taking them. So who'd be a coach now? You've got some horrible decisions to I make. I certainly wouldn't want to be making them. On um, on that Hugh Jones point, he's so good, isn't he? He's an international rugby player. He might even be back with Scotland next year. So even if, yeah. if we did keep hold of him, we might lose all three of our outside centres. So I just think our, our money in the salary cap, which is getting reduced, is better invested in the second row where we're losing Hugh Tizard. Steph's always injured. Hammond hasn't got much experience. Simo plays 80 every week. He's going to need some support. Scotland Williamson's not been getting many minutes for us. I just think I haven't I'm, even thought about him. Jesus, yeah, yeah. I just think our money's best spent investing in a second row if we're going to start retaining contracts um, or signing people. So I think it's just, just a well. play. It's just rugby operations, isn't it? We, we've got to do the best bit of business for the club and that feels like the right thing to do. I think Hugh Jones as well will want to go and back and go to his club and start every week. I think he knows that if he wants to get back in the Scotland setup, he needs to be playing every week at 13 and he probably won't do that if he stays with us next year. So yeah, we'll have to see where that one pans out. Um, in terms of going forward then, um, we'll part Worcester for the night. I think as a, as a general overall wrap up of the game, it was, 
we did what we need to do. We got the job done. It wasn't pretty. Worcester are going to be a resurging side under Steve Diamond. We absolutely know that. But it's five points on the road, and that's... Oh, that's you know, huge. We've won there for six years. Yeah. <clears throat> Been a bit of a bogey team for us for a while. Mm. Um, of course, we can't go without mentioning Danny's centurion of tries. That's a pretty amazing statistic, isn't it? God, yeah, record so breaker. Long. First to reach 100 tries for Quinns. Bro- broken cool Brownie's story. record of 99, which was bothering him really, really yeah. painfully. I saw that in the interview after the game. Breaking Brownie's record was quite sweet, but yeah. And who's back at the see, stoop this week? Mike Brown for the, the Tyrone Green Mike Brown showdown. Going to see him on Friday night, aren't we, Mike? Old Brownie. But yeah, it's um, it was brilliant to see Danny, you know, cross another milestone off. Good to see guys like Tom Lawley back in the sides, um, and obviously we've spoken about everyone else as well. So yeah, brilliant win. Moving on to next week, then Newcastle at home Friday night. The Mike Brown return. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit emotional for me watching watching Brownie. I don't, <laughs> and I don't think I can. I'll ever. I don't think I'll be able to get to grips with the fact that he's gonna be running around in black and black and silver. Um, and obviously they've got some insight on ours. You know, Dean Richards. Um, Nick Easter, Brownie, I would imagine will be a fairly vocal presence in their dressing room this yeah. week. If, this week in particular, you, I've just seen an article come out today actually about him potentially yeah, leaving this. Newcastle at the end of the season to return back down south where where he's been forever. So, and yeah. also his his wife and kids have had a bit of a life here. So, do you see that in a playing capacity? Where would he go? I don't. I don't think I can see it. I think he's been at Manchester Met Uni doing some sports directorship degree. Yeah. I might have got that wrong, um, which leads me to think he might go down the wards. He might go down the route of, of coaching or director of rugby, which would be really interesting. Actually, imagine Mike yeah. Brown as your director of rugby. That'd be cool, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? I wonder if he'll come back into the Quinn setup. But it'd be so good to welcome him back. Be good to have him on the pitch for send off, which we didn't get to do at the end of last I season. Know, yeah. So hopefully, we make loads of noise. Little fifteen minute tribute, fifteen minutes on fifteen Fif- minutes like yeah, we did at Newcastle last time. I, I think it's absolutely got to happen. A fifteen minute standing ovation for a minute, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm all in for that. We need to try and uh, push that if we can. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, chat between him and and Danny. Obviously, in the week, I'm sure they'll WhatsApp. But on the yeah. pitch, I wonder if there'll be any words. They're ferocious players on the pitch, aren't they? I just they'll have a bit of chat. The other thing is it's a fallow week in the Six Nations, so I wonder if we'll get anybody back for it. Joe yeah, Marler, yeah. who only played another sort of, what, 15, 20 minutes? That's a good point. I obviously won't, only got a few minutes. Won't get Domers or Marcus, obviously, but I reckon no. we, might, we might might get Marler back. That's a that's a good point. Marler v Brownie. <laughs> well, there's going to be going to be some... Um, going to be some eyes on that on Friday night, isn't there? Well, yeah, the return of Brownie. God, can't, quite, can't quite sort of come to grips with that a little bit um but in terms of in terms of the game obviously you know selection wise i think i think it'll probably look after itself i actually didn't think about getting in the boys back so i think marla will come back in for sure yeah. maybe march um if march is obviously back with us last week so i think we'll we'll see them back maybe there'll be a rest for simo somewhere maybe in i think it's needed maybe. isn't it every game's a must-win game by the way at home I heard you yeah. and Dave talking about it on the pod last week. How good was that pod last week, by the way? I thought you and Dave absolutely nailed it. I was, was... it was nice to listen as an actual listener. I was engrossed. <laughs> um, but I think he's right. Every home game is a must win, even yeah. Leicester. They are must win games. We can't slip up now. 
but we no, can't afford to just look behind us we go down as low as wasps in seventh or eighth who are only sort of six points behind us i think off the top of my head it's that close one week can completely swing it and they so, were s- snapping at our heels weren't they so whilst yeah. we've got newcastle at home which we would all see as a win take no prisoners it needs to be as full strength as possible i know simo's potentially got a bit of a knock but if he can strap himself up and get out there he's got to get out there yeah no, he's got I know get out there and it's um it's gonna to have to be the same with the likes of Caden Murley who I said might get rested for Worcester um Marchant might play with Lionel on the other wing because Caden plays to, um... 80 minutes every week he's like my he's like my dog as well I've got a, a little dog <sighs> called Harley who's about eight nine years old now and she still acts like a puppy she's got one <laughs> eye because she ran into a thorn bush and got, and got a thorn in the eye didn't feel any pain. She never feels any pain. She'll cut her paw. She'll continue chasing the ball. She just throws herself into everything. That's what Caden Murley's like. He just doesn't know when to stop. You have to tell we him to, to stop. Um, we need to find a nickname for him, don't we? I was saying we had the Flying Dutchman, Tim Visser, quite a while ago. Now, <laughs> too, we've got some we've got some Germanic connections with yeah. uh, with Caden Murley. We need to try yeah. and find, uh, find something for him. But, but he'll just give his all every week. He, he'll never go half-hearted into anything. So I think we need to be really careful with him and, and manage his minutes. But we can't afford to get, do that yet. No, I wonder whether they might. He might get a rest, and maybe March comes back, and Oscar maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Lewis maybe gets a start. Well, they seem to just love Lewis off the bench. You know, that yeah, impacts. I don't get that. He's so good. Think about what he did for us at the end of last season. I know. I'd like to Bizarre. see him get a start. I'd like to, see, may, and maybe it's just a, a managing of his minutes. But then whenever he comes on, he's absolutely ferocious. The yeah, he's ferocious. He's, he's the also, same as Caden. Maybe that's it. He's literally the analogy of my my little dog Harley. who yeah. just doesn't know when to stop. He will fully go into everything. Blood, he's guts, also glory. Like proper try scoring finisher, isn't he? Yeah, he's so good. He's so good. But yeah, I think it'll be as close to, to full strength as possible. I think it has to be. I think they all have to be now. When the England boys come back, maybe we can look to rest a few people. Uh, yeah. Not an awful lot, but... We've got a good squad now. People are getting minutes. Archie White's playing well. We can afford to rotate a little bit. Luke Wallace Lord is getting a. minutes. He can, Lord A came in at seven for Worcester. We're starting to get a lot of minutes in people's tanks as opposed to having a really strong starting 15, a really strong 23 that, that collate most minutes. We've actually got a broader club squad who are, who are getting lots of time on the pitch, which is good. I think one of the big things for me as well is getting Wilco and Collier back on each on the tighter side of the scrum. Having those two backs so important. Our That's set piece, unbelievable, isn't it? That's like our set, yeah. Our set picks, especially at scrum time on Friday night, was so dominant. Having those two, having those two in there, it's like having the two fly halves that we've got as well. The, just the depth and oh, to have that on the bench. Wilco Lowe on the bench is just incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at the table now. Right, played 17, won 10, 53 points, three clear of Exeter, and just a point behind Saracens, although they do have a game in hand. So Newcastle obviously down the bottom. Um, Jesus, God, it's going to be tough, isn't it? Oh, man, there's going to be some real, real big weeks coming up. Let's have a look at the fixtures. Who's playing next week? So we're on Friday night, Bath and Bristol. Oh, I'll be nice. Well, Bath we can, we can go second because Saris have got Leicester. Saris, Leicester, yeah. Which is huge. So if results go our way, we could finish the weekend in second. We're only a point behind them at the moment. Gloucester Northampton's quite a tight game in there as well. London Irish Worcester, maybe Worcester just, you know, put in another good performance and turn them over extra sales. There could be a couple of results that actually help us out this week. Yeah, um, I think um 
I think we need to get Joe Marler back in because that scrum time. I know Kerrod was brilliant at the weekend and how important is he to us being able to cover both sides. But when you've got Wilco, Lowe and Collier at tight head, to be able to have Kerrod and Marler on loose head, I just think so important. Did you see the video of Joe Marler in the week, by the way, squatting 240 kilograms at yeah, England, England camp? Mental. I, um, I was saying this to Dave last week as a, a sort of performance and movement nerd. Um, yeah, that's that's a ridiculous stack of weight to be putting on someone's shoulders. But yeah, I actually um I actually wanted to quantify that, so I I did a little bit of research to try oh, yeah. and weigh what two hundred and forty kilograms adds up to. So uh, a Joe Marler two hundred and forty kilogram squat <laughs> is the equivalent to thirty sausage dogs. A lot of sausage dogs. It's a lot of sausage dogs. <laughs> It's half the weight of a grand piano. It's the weight of a fully grown pig, three kangaroos, or eight Dalmatians. So there you go. Joe Marler squatting eight Dalmatians. That's a lot of weight. Well, half yeah, a grand piano sounds far more impressive, doesn't it? Yeah, 240 grand, kilograms. Grand I was going to say, I tried to make it tangible there, but so people couldn't... How, sort how, of much, do you, how much do you weigh in kilos? I know you back yourself in the gym. How, much, how many kilos I've are you? I've just come back from holiday, mate. I'm a, a nice 85 at the moment. Okay, so I'm... I'm so An all-inclusive belly. Yeah, well, I'm... I'm see, that has a bit bigger. I sort of touched the 95 mark, maybe a touch more. So that's, you know, at least to me. But yeah, yeah pretty cool. Um, we'll, we'll wrap up on the rugby there. We've got... A big week coming up, Friday night at home, back at the stoop, Friday night lights, always which I always look forward to every single week. If there's a Friday night game, always get up for that. Um, I'm also potentially might indulge in a drink or two on Friday night. Um, I've got well, I've got a pretty big week coming up at work. So I think by the time Friday comes, I'll be ready just to get up and get out of there and go and see uh, go and see my mates down at the stoop on a Friday night, go watch the boys play. Um, but one thing we absolutely need to mention. The Sport Podcast Awards. Yes. For those of you that are sick and tired of hearing about it, I apologise. We are nominated for Best Team Podcast Awards in the Sports Podcast Awards. 6th of March. This Sunday is the deadline. This Sunday is the deadline to vote. I think we are still leading. We are leading the Philadelphia Eagle podcast. The May United fan podcast are in there, along with a few others. We need to win it. So for those of you that have voted... Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Those of you that haven't, please get on and do. It takes a couple minutes just to register and then cast your vote. I apologise in advance for the unrelenting spam that's going to see Twitter feeds and Instagram feeds and Facebook We've got to win, haven't we? We've just got to win. Yeah, all my mates, apologies for all the WhatsApps you're going to get this week. Aunties, uncles, please just send it to anyone. Triple champs of England, that's what we want. We want our own little piece of silverware. We've led from start to finish so far. If we get picked right at the end, that's just so, so quinzy of somebody else to do that to us, isn't it? We can't let that happen. It'd be such an awful storyline of being picked right at the end to beat our own game. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But we can come to hard this week. But those of you that have listened to the this every week, thank you so much for the support. Please help us out. Send the link to absolutely anyone and anyone that gives you time to give you their time. But, mate, that's what we'll leave it. Good to have you back. Good, Good to, to back see you again. Home. And I'm looking to forward to looking forward to seeing you back there on Friday night as I'm looking forward to seeing everyone else there. Have a bloody good week and I'll see you on Friday night down the stoop. Yeah, boy, you quit! Let's go! Go on the quiz.